serious allegations against DeMarcus Cousins. And Bradley Beal gives us the reasons he didn't want to take games off last year. And a Brazilian basketball broadcast takes the squeaking out of a basketball game. So we'll take something else out of a broadcast. It's coming up right now on the Locked On NBA podcast. Let's go. You are locked on the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Wednesday, middle of the week, hump day. We're going to get you over it and into the home stretch of your week. We're your Wednesday hosts of the Locked On NBA podcast. I'm John Corrales. I cover the Celtics for Mass Live, and I'm co-host of the Locked On Celtics podcast. Find me on Twitter at RedsArmy underscore John. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at NolaJake. Now, we've got some fun things coming up, but we're going to start on a serious note because there are very serious allegations against DeMarcus Cousins. And so this is, uh, frankly, an uncomfortable conversation. And it's a conversation that when we were talking about putting the show together that I didn't want to have, if I'm being frank. But you look at the severity of these allegations, and it's it's an important, even though uncomfortable, conversation to have. So let's lay out the facts as we know them. An ex-girlfriend of DeMarcus Cousin leaked a video. It's supposedly him. We don't have proof that it's him. The words... On that video, if you haven't seen it before, he's asking for his son to come to his wedding. Allegedly, this is DeMarcus Cousins. Uh, this ex-girlfriend is saying no, and then he, the person on the video says, quote, I'm going to make sure I put a bullet in your effing head. So, we don't know again that that's DeMarcus, that's the allegation. We don't have the full conversation, we have that little snippet. So... That's what we know at this point. The Lakers say they're investigating and taking it seriously. The NBA is investigating and taking it seriously. And the reason we need to have this conversation is because athletes and domestic violence and a threat of violence is domestic violence. Uh, if this is indeed DeMarcus Cousins, whomever this is did something here that's very serious. If this is DeMarcus Cousins or not, we don't know. But the fact that this is happening. It's allegedly him. Uh, the We need to have the conversation, Jake, about domestic violence, and all of these cases have to be treated very seriously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the big thing here is these, these organizations, the Lakers, the NBA, should be investigating this because you have to take it very seriously, you know, just as they kind of recently did with the Luke Walton allegations, which they just weren't able to find any evidence of. This one's maybe a little more damning on the surface of it, but like you said, there's no proof that he did this. But again, you still have to dig. It sounds like his ex-girlfriend has also filed for a restraining order over in Mobile, where he's from, and I guess she's from as well, also alleging that he's choked her before. So this is nothing good. Like you said, we don't really want to rush to judgment on it. This is, you know, a couple hours after it's all come out. Mm -hmm. But obviously, no matter what, this isn't okay to say. Whether she egged him on into doing that, whether he just decided to come out and say this unprovoked, no matter what, it's not okay. The NBA needs to take a strong stance on this. And as we're kind of revisiting the Donald Sterling thing from a couple of years ago now through that 30 for 30 podcast, which you and I have talked about on here, they came down strong on him there. If these allegations are proven true, they need to come down strong onto Marcus Cousins. Yeah, that and that's the thing here. Like, it may sound like, if especially if you're uh, a woman listening to the show, it may sound like we're, we're struggling with this. I, I'll admit, I'm struggling with the, the language and how to say things. 
because nothing's been proven. But I think the key element here is allegations have to be taken seriously. And like you said, if there's whatever the extenuating circumstance, like we don't know the whole conversation, but this part, the rest of the conversation doesn't really matter when you threaten somebody like this. It's, it's hard to say something directly about a guy when we don't know that it's actually him. I don't actually know that it's him. Okay. So we can do ifs, but the fact is allegations have to be treated seriously and it has to be fully investigated. And if it's found out to be DeMarcus Cousins, then he needs to be prosecuted. The person on this tape needs to be prosecuted. If it is indeed DeMarcus Cousins, then he needs to suffer the repercussions. And we're at a point now, Jake, where between obviously his decline in play is one element to we've already talked about his future on these podcasts. It's been talked about a lot just from a physical standpoint. One of the things, and I've dealt with this from the Celtic side, when he's been a free agent prior to all of the injuries is he has seemed to be a loose cannon. He seemed to, his attitude has been problematic in general. And so I haven't wanted a guy like that on my team. Now you add this, if this is proven to be him, I don't know how you allow this guy back into the league at this point in his career. All things told, like this is enough to, to warrant sanctions and I don't know how many teams are going to want a guy like this around. No, I, I mean, part of it is also is if you do bring him to your team, you have to then answer questions about why, assuming this is all proven true. I, you know, so we, we got to keep that in mind. And I don't think teams kind of want that in, in 2019 in this day and age. And uh, with very good reasons, one, you just don't want the negative publicity that goes with it. But also, it's not a good person, and maybe you shouldn't be employing that person. But like you said, we're still early on in this. It's tough to talk about right now because we don't know much more than the basic facts that you laid out. But I think it's important that we laid those out for our listeners and kind of gave a little bit of context behind that. Yeah, and I think the ultimate lesson here is – Something like this has to come with consequences. Uh, maybe he didn't touch her. Maybe he never, maybe didn't even point a gun at her. Uh, maybe hasn't been around her in who, who knows how long. The threat is enough. And this entire, like, it has to be, we have to have these conversations as uncomfortable as they may be. We have to have them. And especially in the context, now you come to athletes and a lot of times it comes down to how good you are and how much of a pass you're going to get. If DeMarcus Cousins had never gotten hurt, would he get a pass? I don't know. It, D- different story. And yeah, he could have. It's just that's such a hypothetical. It's, and it's why, but that's like the world of sports and what ifs, right? It's a lot of these what ifs and it's hard. It's like, it's hard to have these conversations because there's, you get down the road of, when do you deserve a second chance? When have you paid your price for the action? What's the appropriate uh, sanction for the action? That like Those are all very, very difficult conversations that we can't have them all right here, especially with so much out in the open. But, uh, again, a difficult conversation, and but we it's just so serious and obviously involving a big name in the NBA, and the reaction online has been vast. And the league and the, and the Lakers have made their statement. So we felt like we needed to present this is what's happening, a little bit of our opinion uh, without going too far. But obviously the statement is made that this thing, whomever said it, 
DeMarcus Cousins or somebody else uh, is definitely not okay. It deserves some sort of sanction and punishment, uh, and the league needs to make sure that it's it's taking this very, very seriously. Okay, we are going to take a break here on the Locked on NBA podcast. We're going to come back with actual basketball. Bradley Beal talking about, uh, well, Bradley Beal playing all of last season, even meaningless end-of-season games. We'll talk about that when we come back here on the Locked on NBA podcast. Bradley Beal played 82 games last season for the Washington Wizards, and he didn't need to because the Washington Wizards last year were one of the worst teams in the NBA, winning only 32 games and finishing uh, 28 games out of first. So did not need Bradley Beal, uh, but he played all 42 games. And on the crossover podcast with Chris Mannix, he, uh, his coach, Scott Brooks, had this to say about Bradley Beal. Uh, he said, I'm like, Brad, he tell, talking to Brad, you know what? I appreciate everything you've given me the last couple of years. This year, we're not making the playoffs. We're out. You want to, you want to like chill out the last couple of weeks and rest? And he said, you know what? I signed up to be the leader of this team and do it every night. And he wanted to do that. He wanted to play every game. And that's why he played for two years in a row already too. So 80, full 82 games for two years in a row. Uh, sounds nice, Jake, but <laughs> is he really like, oh, I'm going to be this leader and play for 82 games. That's exactly why I'm playing 82 games. Look, I'm not going to say that's not a reason. It's, <laughs> it's certainly not the only reason or, or maybe not even. Yeah, maybe not even, you know, the top reason. I think it's like 250 million other reasons I can think of if he were to play all 82 games and, you know, make an all NBA team, which he finished seventh out of the six guards available. So came pretty close. And if he had missed a game or two, certainly wouldn't have even been that close with it. So this is probably more about meeting the supermax criteria than trying to be a leader. But also, yeah, being a leader. I get it. Yeah, I mean, of course, of course, like you, you want to be a leader like that. There's, I'm sure, I'm sure there's some of that, but the difference between the 111 million that he was offered and the 250 million that he could potentially get. And then I feel like the wizards are going to give him, uh, I think that's a, a much bigger difference. He did set a record, right? Like last year he was the first, uh, I want to get this right. The first Washington wizard to average, uh, what did he average last year? Uh, whatever it is that he averaged. Very good numbers <laughs> without having him in front it of was, me. Uh, 25 and 5. I think that's 25, 5 and 5. That's what it was. The first Washington Wizard ever to average 25, 5 and 5. And I remember because I was at the last game of the season because it was Celtics at Wizards and he needed to score like a certain amount, like he to to average the twenty five, and he did. Like he got his five rebounds. I think it was he needed that five rebounds to make sure that he averaged five for the season, and he got it. And then he still finished playing the game, uh, but that was it. He played in that last meaningless game 
to get his five rebounds so he can finish the 25-5-5. So, set some history. He, he, but he didn't make he didn't make the All NBA team. It, it, but he, at least he made the attempt. But the bigger thing I think about this, which you know, in a meaningless season when everyone kind of rests guys and maybe starts tanking a little bit because that's frankly in the best interest of some of these teams, particularly the Wizards. Um, even though I don't think they had their first, oh no, they did. Um, they had a first round pick this year. They didn't trade it away, so they obviously want to be losing games. But because you have things like the Rose Rule, where a lot of these guys' compensation are tied to these accolades, postseason accolades. They gun for stats. They do other things a little bit. I don't think it's too extreme, though this is maybe a bit of an example of it. I think maybe it kind of shows that the Rose Rule and all that wasn't the best idea to negotiate into the CBA and into these contracts in the first place. Because, frankly, if he was out there in a meaningless season and suffers a very big injury, he's going to cost himself a whole lot of money. And he doesn't need to be out there playing at least some of these games. Yeah, the Rose Rule has – and there have been many pieces on that this offseason – because that's been that's been more problematic. The whole and the whole concept of a max contract, on top of all of that, the supermax contract in general. I mean, think about. Well, first of all, if there was no rose rule, think about how different this league would be. Just because the rose rule is what prevented Danny Ainge from trading for trading for Anthony Davis in the middle of last season, which he totally yeah. would have done. Yes, he. I, look, I can I can promise you he would have done it. You and I both know that he would have yeah, done it. Absolutely. So, if the Rose Rule didn't exist, then Anthony Davis would be a Celtic right now, guarantee book it because he would have been a, a Celtic at the trade deadline. Which means Kyrie Irving might have still been a Celtic right now. Which means that Kevin Durant, who know maybe not in Brooklyn, maybe he's somewhere else, and the entire league is completely different if the Rose Rule didn't exist. So the Rose Rule has been this weird thing that's kind of lorded over a lot in the NBA. Um, and it's just so, so good. Yeah, no, it's weird because it's, it's also a media voted thing. So these people who are voting on it are some, in some, you know, situations directly affecting how much money people are making. And maybe that should not be the case. And it's forcing Bradley Beal to go out and play despite what he says. And again, I'm not calling Bradley Beal a liar here. <laughs> I, I don't want to do that. But l- let's not pretend that it's not got a, a huge factor into it to just garner maybe a couple more votes on these media ballots that get them onto an all-NBA team. And when you say it like it like that, it sounds kind of stupid, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And look, let's be clear that it's, it's um, Scott Brooks that kind of put this out there. I think Scott Brooks is trying to like make Bradley Beal look good and feel good and put it out there. I'm pretty sure that Bradley Beal didn't sit there and say, Oh, I signed up to be a leader of this team and, and so on and so forth. Like, I, I but whatever, maybe he did. Maybe he did. I don't know. I feel like this is Scott Brooks kind of pumping up his guy. Uh, but I, there is absolutely no doubt that Beal knew that if he had made that third team all NBA, which I thought he should have, by the way. I thought he absolutely should have. Uh, if he had made that third-team All-NBA, that he knew that he was in line for a big, big raise, and he would have absolutely signed that extension right away. So uh, there's a reason why they're not signing that that extension offer right now, the three-year 111, because he knows, like, John Wall is out this season. He has an opportunity to go out there for a a bad 
Wizards team and go and do this again, have another 25-5-5 year. And considering all of the player movement around the league and maybe there's a drop-off, maybe a, a Russell Westbrook, um, James Harden combination, it, it knocks one of those guys down. Maybe it knocks Westbrook down a peg just enough to let Beal slip in and get that Supermax contract. So I, I, I can totally see his motivation. It's not uh, it's not out of the question. And you know what? It's not wrong. No, it's not wrong. It's at not all. wrong. Like, if you're – there are people probably listening. You probably say, well, $100 million is enough. Sure, $100 million is enough. But $250 million is also – cooler. It's better. And why would you – if you told me take a hundred million dollars, like yeah. But if you told me you could also earn, and not just like this isn't like let's make a deal where they're like, oh, you could take the box. Oh, geez, the box could be anything. But you could go out there and play and earn, and like you said, get this stupid system of media votes, and all of a sudden now you get two hundred fifty million dollars. You'd be an idiot, an idiot not to do that. Yeah, it, it, now this is also the difference between that like three-year extension versus a new contract, and so the numbers don't quite add up, but it's still in his best financial interest, no matter what, not to sign that one they have on the table for him. It was also, there's no reason the Wizards shouldn't have offered it to him, but yeah, he's going to be gunning for, for the money, which he should be, because this is the system in place, so go do you, Bradley Beal, and go get paid. That's it. Go get paid, indeed. Okay, we're going to get paid by taking a break. When we came, come back, we're going to talk about the Brazilian broadcast that got paid by taking the squeaks out of their broadcast. Remember, NFL season is right around the corner. It's a week away. So Crossover Wednesday is coming up. The entire regular NFL season get a special episode every Wednesday as the hosts from Opposing Sides meet up to preview exciting games. The excitement of the games happening all week. So find your favorite team. You get your podcast wherever podcasts exist. You can also get the new Locked On NFL, which is one of the most listened to shows on the entire network with the expert analysis of NFL scout Matt Williamson, host Brian Peacock. Get them both wherever podcasts exist. We're coming right back on the Locked On NBA podcast. So a Brazilian broadcast of one of their basketball leagues, whatever it is, they cut out the squeaks from the broadcast. And it was all part of a sponsorship to sell cars that uh, some oh, anti-skid technology, blah, blah, blah. And since we eliminate the skids with our car, you can we'll eliminate the skidding on the courts. And that was the gimmick behind this. So, uh, an interesting thing, I mean, I personally, I would love, like, I love the sound of the squeaking on the floor. All basketball heads, you got, that's like the one thing. If they could eliminate anything, I'd eliminate the words and just leave the squeaks on the floor. But since we're here, since we now have the technology and the ability to eliminate something from a basketball broadcast, we thought it'd be fun to figure out the one thing that you would just like to eliminate from our regular NBA 
broadcast. So, Jake, what's the one thing that you would like to – we say one thing. We'll probably come up with ten things right now. But what's the one thing you would like to eliminate from an NBA broadcast? So this is actually a little bit tough for me to try and come up with because they already eliminated the one thing I would have gotten rid of, right. which is the players-only broadcast. Yes. So good broadcast. job, NBA. You guys are, are taking good first steps here. And in general, I kind of like the broadcast. Like, I do like some of the weird, crazy sponsorships they have um, out there on certain things when guys are, like, screaming about them. It's kind of fun. So uh, this was a little bit tough for me, but I think what I settled on was the coaches' interviews after the quarters, which are basically about 30 seconds long and completely pointless. We all laugh when Popovich goes and does it, but when these other coaches go up and do their things, it's not even funny because they don't really give you any insight to anything, so I don't really see the point of these. I think now that the league has kind of embraced some of the more advanced metrics like pace and offensive rating, defensive rating, some of those numbers, it'd be cool to replace those that 30-second maybe with like a quick stats package from the broadcast, kind of giving you a little bit more insight into the game that you're seeing. Well, I just want to make something clear here that how much I hate you right now because you stole, you stole the <laughs> we thing. We didn't plan I, this. Yeah. We did not plan it. But I completely agree that the coach's interview is so pointless. Like, I don't know why they still exist. I mean, it's great that there are sideline reporters. I don't want to take away jobs from people who are reporting on the sideline. I don't even think about that. But they can still do sideline reports. I would love all of the sideline reporters. There is value to having somebody be down there kind of in the huddle and come out and say, oh, yeah, Brad Stevens was telling his group that we need to focus on blah, blah, blah. Like, that's a little bit something. But there's nothing. What's Brad Stevens going to say? What's Greg Popovich going to say? What do these guys say in those things? Like, is he going to come out and be like, you know what, uh, I think we're going to go into a, a zone in this situation, and we're going to hard double in this. But if they come out and over this pick, then we're going to send this guy over. Like They're not going to say anything like that. They're going to be like, well, going to play hard. So... Whatever. Yeah, we got we got to play better defense. Yeah, we got to stop turning the ball over. Like, yeah, we know that, man. Yeah. We're watching the game. Even like casual people get that. So the other thing that I I don't like from the broadcast is whenever they interview something, um, somebody, maybe there's a famous person there, whatever. They double box it, and. What ends up happening is they take the game action and they shrink it down to like 40% of the screen because you have to do the other box and you have to have now a, a background and it just, just let me watch the game. You can, you can introduce before the game starts like, Hey, Donnie Wahlberg's in the stands. Hey, Donnie, come over here, big Celtics fan, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then. Just show me the basketball. And now is I, he really considered famous? Well, I I, I, tell <laughs> like, you, I I say that because that's kind of like one of Boston's quote unquote famous. He's famous. He's famous. He's in like what is that show? The one of the cop shows. Uh, okay, does, does like Tom Brady or like the Patriots not go to the basketball games up there? They Tom Brady, I haven't seen him, but there are Patriots at games. I've seen. Red Sox, I've seen like Mookie Betts, he goes to a bunch of games. And, but like Mookie, no, they, they never talk. So, a, a, quote, star, whatever you want to call Donnie Wahlberg. <laughs> sorry, Donnie. I mean, whatever, that's fine. Um, they'll get interviewed sometimes. 
and that's fine. I just brought that up because it's the name that popped into my head because I covered the Celtics. Whomever famous person may be at your local, I just want them to eliminate the double box and just, I don't need to see the other person talk. I know that that person is talking. I can hear that person talking. Just show me the game and let me just watch because then at least I can mute it. Well, that, that also happens with the, with the sideline reporter coaches interviews too. You, usually it's done, you know, they play it at the start of the, the second quarter, start of the third quarter, whenever it is, and it's overlaid kind of over the on-court action, so they do that like picture-in-picture shrink-it thing. There's just no need for this. We're here to watch basketball. Exactly. That's it. That's all, that's all we're here for. So, that's the one thing. Is there anything else from the broadcast? Like, I think broadcasts are generally done Pretty well. If anything, I, I, there's nothing else I would take away necessarily. I might want to add some cool things. Yeah, I had a lot of ideas to like add things in there uh, when I was trying to, and then I'm like, that's not removing anything. It, like, yeah, I think in general things are pretty good. They they flow quicker. Like, I guess maybe you could say can like we take out another timeout or two oh, to sure. speed up the game. Like, does that count? Um, no. No, that's, I don't think that fits, right? That's, that's a rules change more than anything. Um, so I'm comfortable with that. I'm comfortable with that. Uh, but like I said, leave the squeaking in. Take the, if anything. I can't imagine how weird that was. It just got quiet. It just got quiet. Like you don't realize because it blends into the background of a game. But the next time you watch a game, even like the next Team USA games coming up in a few days, or listen to a WNBA game if you watch a WNBA, whatever. Just, you don't realize it because it's just part of it and you kind of, tune it out but when you listen to it it's it's you don't realize how how much of it is there um and i like when really good broadcasters kind of let the game go and they're not always talking you can kind of hear oh it's so great my favorite is that's just my favorite sound in the world just basketball, right? Just basketball. The, the Knicks did it with against the uh, Warriors where they cut out like the, the PA music and yes. just kind of had it be that. And that was weird. Yeah. I remember watching that and seeing it on TV and be like, this doesn't, this doesn't work. You kind of need that other stuff with it. But I can't even, I, I, I'm just marveling at the technology we have in 2019 to cut out squeaking from our, from our broadcast. Know, right? Yeah. So, okay, well, that was a fun thing. Uh, you want to tell us? Hit us up on Twitter. Let us know if there's a thing that you would like to eliminate from a broadcast. And uh, we'll, we'll continue the conversation on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at RedsArmy underscore John. And I'm Jake Madison. You can follow me on Twitter. It's at Nola Jake. All right, that's the Locked on NBA podcast for this Wednesday. Tune back in on Thursday for David Locke and then Adam and Anthony taking you out on Friday. Thanks for listening, everybody. It's the Locked On NBA Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network.